It's morphin' time! Go, go, Power Rangers! Do, 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 do. Hey everyone, this is Chris, and you're listening to One Cross Radio. And today we are joined by a very tired Luna. We just got back from a almost 5K walk, uh, which is good for me, but I'm also very gross and sweaty. Um, poof levels are high, beard levels are nuts. Um, before we get into the episode, I just wanted to uh, do a particular shout out to my boys Dave, Caleb, Hal, and Steve. Uh, we had a great conversation this morning. Yeah, so today's episode is going to be uh, a new one, the start of a new series uh, that we are going to try to do as per request of a, of a friend of mine and a devoted listener. Uh, so today is the first episode of a new series called Deep Dive. Now, uh, what we're going to be deep diving into today, if you haven't been able to guess, is Power Rangers. So I've talked about Power Rangers a number of times, so... There will be repeated information, but the thing is, there's always new listeners, um, what, which is really cool, because the stats are showing that, um, which, again, thank you so much for supporting One Cross Radio. Uh, I'm really excited by that. Um, and I also just repeat myself, but so does everybody. Get off my back. Uh, <laughs> so uh, we're going to dive in, and what I'm going to try to do as I go through this is uh, break it down by era. Um because Power Rangers has had four eras. Uh, one of those actually has two sub-eras within the era. So that's how we're going to do this. The first era we're looking at is, of course, the original one. It was, uh, to fans, it's called the Saban era. And it's broken up into two. Because within the, the original Saban run, the original Saban era, there is the Zordon era, which goes from Mighty Morphin through in space. And then the post-Zordon era, which goes... Uh, Power Rangers Galaxy, Lost Galaxy, Lightspeed, Time Force, Wild Force. So let's dive in a little bit. Um, by a little bit, I mean a lot because it's called Deep Dive, yo. Um, so as I've talked about before, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers has been adapted from a crazy, crazy long-running um, Japanese franchise called Super Sentai. Uh, it's been, I think they're nearing their 50th year if they haven't quite hit it already. Um, and Mighty Morphin Power Rangers was adapted from Ranger, uh, and Haim Saban had been working on this for a while. Uh, what's kind of a cool little tidbit is Stan Lee inadvertently helped create Power Rangers because I think it was the 70s or 80s, uh, they allowed Japan to make a show based on Spider-Man loosely uh very very loosely but look up the intro it's hilarious it's uh it's very interesting um not saying it's good but it's it's definitely got a weird factor to it which is kind of fun uh but that proved so successful that uh sentai kind of started coming through there uh that helps spring up into the super sentai genre which also included um carmen rider which i believe in the states or North America became Big Bad Beetleborgs, um, and another couple Tokusaku, I, I can't pronounce it, um, shows like VR Troopers, uh, for those who remember it, Mystic Knights of Tirnanog, which we only got like one season of, um, which I remembered liking, but then when I've tried to sit down and watch it, you're like, man, the morphing sequences, 
take forever. Like, they don't shorten them down at all. At least with Power Rangers, they eventually started shortening it down. Uh, so then, eventually, nobody was biting. And then, they, uh, I think, Fox Kids eventually bit. And they adapted... The way the Sentais go, I think it's roughly uh, 60 episodes. I, I could be wrong. Uh, someone please correct me. There's a lot of episodes of the Sentai. And then generally it ends with a movie. Um, but they use the Ranger footage so quickly that they thought Power Rangers would be done in like 20. Uh, they, did, they did not expect it to take off the way it did. Uh, no one was prepared for it to take off the way it did. It really did become like uh, a cultural phenomena in the 90s. Um, the the Ranger actors, I can't remember where, but they did an appearance and it shut down Los Angeles. Like traffic was backed up everywhere, basically. Um, like it, it hit a zeitgeist thing. Um, it was, it's fun. Like as a kid show, you're as you're watching as a kid, you're like, this is awesome. As an adult, you're like, it's got a charm. Um, so Mighty Morphin came, Zoo Ranger, and it was using the, the Zoo Ranger, Jew Ranger, uh, it, see, it starts with a Z-Y-U, so I always think Zoo, but I've heard it pronounced Jew, so I might be wrong. Um, so if I switch it up, you'll know, what, uh, now you know. It, uh, it adapted that footage, it redubbed with American actors, uh, or American voices, over the the characters um and you see that a lot especially in the rita footage on the moon there's a lot of recycled shots there they got a new voice for her um because it's all friggin japanese and not anymore um and then they shot the american footage with the teens and what they were getting paid was minuscule to what the show was making which is why in the second season uh, Austin St. John um, Thuy Thuy Chang, Trang Sorry, that took way too long And then Walter Jones Who played Zach uh, They left in the second season Overpay disputes um, Because they were getting paid So minimally They were uh, Basically, if they were working full-time At minimum wage They would have been making uh, the same amount of money, but also at that time, Tommy came in and like took the show by storm. Uh, so then suddenly it's, it was slowly becoming the Tommy Oliver show and everybody was getting pushed aside. Um, yeah, so it's, uh, it's a fun show. It really adapt. It took a lot of the footage. They burned through the footage. So then they had to get Toei, the, uh, the people who film it to film new footage. And what's kind of interesting is they like it was specifically shot with the the Zoo Ranger costumes, um, but also started reflecting the American show because in in Power Rangers, uh, Billy the Blue Ranger was really timid. Uh, he was he was the stereotypical geek. He he was the science guy, um, not Bill Nye, but he um, like he it, when you watch early episodes like. Like, when the putties are running at him, he's ducking and weaving. Uh, not even weaving. He's just trying to get out of there, and the other four fight for him. Uh, and then, even when he's morphed, it takes some time for him to become comfortable fighting. That's not the case in, in Jew Ranger. In uh, Jew Ranger, the Blue Ranger was a very, very, very competent fighter. Wasn't doing all the technical stuff in the costume all the time. Uh, 
and the Yellow Ranger in G Ranger was a man. That's why he doesn't. Uh, the Yellow Ranger doesn't have a skirt, but the Pink Ranger does. Um, and then in Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the Yellow Ranger was Trini. So they needed. They they had an extra. They had a second girl on the team. So then once they refilmed it. Especially they, uh, especially once they added the Green Ranger, and then you got the Kimberly Tommy uh, relationship going on. Um, they as they're filming the the Zoo Two footage or Zoo Two footage, um, they're do, they're implementing the the Green Ranger always trying to like look out and the pink like look out for the pink ranger the pink ranger rescuing the the green ranger and them two off to the side together but then also the blue ranger reflecting who the billy character was uh doing all the technical stuff and then the yellow ranger not like the female rangers were incompetent fighters or anything they showed and throughout the show the female rangers have been great at fighting but then they i guess they had manner like more feminine mannerisms um it's weird to describe, but that's what they started doing. The show took off, um, but they burned through all the footage. And then they, uh, the way they set up is like, oh, we can just keep adapting uh, the footage from the Super Sentai. Like, we can keep using that. But then they ran into a problem. Because you get to the second season, um, and they've burned through the, the Zoo Ranger footage. They've burned through the Zoo 2 footage. Um, and it's costing them a fair bit. And Power Rangers, especially at that time, is all about doing it on the cheap. Uh, that's why, like, friggin' nobody except the executives made money. So, they can't change it up too much. Because then you, you risk losing your core audience, the, the kids. Um, so then they're, they're at a crossroads where they're, they've burned through the footage. The Green Ranger in the, sh in Zoo Ranger dies straight up dies because the sentai is very very different like the the characters are thousands upon thousands of years old um they are legit magic beings it's i've tried to get into it eventually i'm going to try again it's just it's a very it's not for western culture or what we're used to uh so it takes some getting used to i digress so they get to the second season and uh, they start, they're, they're at a crossroads because they burned through all their footage. So what they start to do is quite technically interesting. And I know I've talked about this before, but hey, it's a deep dive. We're doing this. Um, so they start using the footage from Die Ranger, which was the season immediately following Zoo Ranger. And then they're using the Zoo 2 footage while using the Die Ranger footage. Uh, which they used for the monsters and the Shogun Megazord. But, uh, sorry, not the Shogun Megazord, the Thunder Megazord. So they're using that for the Zords for some of the monsters because they're also using the Die Ranger footage, uh, sorry, the Zoo 2 footage, with, still with Rita's monsters. And the other Zoo 2 footage just so they can keep the, the costumes, so they keep the costumes the same. So that's why you get interesting stuff where friggin' Zed, uh, well, Zed was entirely Amer an American edition, and he was the, in my like one of the best villains. He was awesome, uh, gangster introduction, crazy creepy voice, great look. Um, 
and he replaced Rita, and it was outstanding. Um, <laughs> so it's you get this interesting thing of like adapting so many so many different things. That's why when you get footage of some of the Zords fighting, it's here's a the Thunder Megazord punching, and then it cuts back to the other thing relax, uh, reacting. You don't get the wide shots that feature both because it's a monster from different footage. Uh, or when the rangers are interacting with the monster, it's slightly different. It's a game slightly different. So it's it's technically interesting. Uh, Tommy, lose, uh, Tommy loses his powers, but he's become a crazy popular character. At one point, Jason David Frank was being set up to go on to VR Troopers, but fan demand was there for him to be in Power Rangers. Uh, so then they further adapted from Die Ranger and brought in the uh, the White Ranger from Die Ranger. So that way you can get Tommy. Tommy's still back, but in Die Ranger, the White Ranger is a kid who morphs into an adult. And he's a 12-year-old kid who's obsessed with not obsessed with but at points does things like oh boobies um basically so it they, they trimmed around that but that's why at certain points you see the white ranger like being so jumpy and giddy uh because he's he's an adolescent uh <laughs> but they they kept that they kept the yeah it's really weird um it's it's really, really weird, but I, I dig it. Like, the second season of Power Rangers is is really, really solid. Uh, there's some really good episodes in it. Um, except for the part where they do the... I think it's the final episode where Tommy has his Green Ranger powers. Where his Lord Zed's like, I'm creating, I'm creating evil rangers. And it's just these like jerk versions of the good guys that of the of the Power Rangers you meet like two episodes earlier. Um and then, friggin' when they get their powers, it's just putty costumes, but but colored. It it looks terrible. Um, yeah, it's 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 really interesting how it works. The White Ranger costume was really really solid. Um, I really like it because it it's similar enough to the Green Ranger, and it looks similar enough to the um to the Zoo Ranger costumes that they were keeping. That that's why they did it. If the, I I love the Die Ranger costumes when you look it up. Uh, but it's a big departure from from what the uh, the costumes for Zoo Ranger were. Uh, so I get I get why they didn't do it, but in retrospect, I would have loved that because the costumes were really really cool, and it does become a staple later on. Um, so many different threads here. Uh, just another little tidbit of when you watch the when you watch Mighty Morphin season one through season two. You can tell what is the Die Ranger foot. Sorry, not what you can tell what the Zoo Ranger and the Zoo Two Ranger footage is, and what the American footage is with the Green Ranger entirely based upon how good the shield looks. Because the shield looks excellent in the Zoo Ranger footage, but uh, Toei sends the costumes over to uh, sent them to Saban who was filming. Uh, and the the shield the prop for the shield got destroyed in transit so then they had to make a new shield and it looks flimsy looks not felt 
not like that bad, but it looks like it wouldn't protect you from anything. So if you're ever watching the show and you notice that distinct difference, guess what? It's because they they did it on the cheap and they didn't recreate the uh, the shield properly. That, so we're in season two, and then we get to an interesting technical episode, which I know I talked about, which uh, I can't remember the exact name of it. It was a two-parter, and it was basically the first time we ever got a power transfer. Uh, they introduced in season two earlier on over a couple episodes, and they did it really well. Um, three new characters, Rocky, Aisha, and Adam. Yeah, sorry, I was thinking of the, the actor's name. Um but yeah, they introduce Adam as well as these three new characters who also coincidentally start to wear colors similar to the colors that, of the Rangers that they'll become. Because if you watch Power Rangers, you know friggin' the entire cast. The Pink Ranger wears pink. The Red Ranger wears red. For some reason, all your clothes correspond with what Ranger you are. Um, it's, it's interesting. Uh, so you're introduced to these three characters because during the second season... Uh, they start to run into issues, uh, the pay dispute issues. Um, so that's why you're getting Rocky, Adam, and Aisha. And Jason, uh, Austin St. John, uh, Twee, or I, I just can't pronounce her name, I'm sorry, Twee, and Walter are having their pay dispute. So... They've left the show by the time you get to this power transfer episode. And this, like, a, the thing with the clothes is the interesting thing. So if you watch this two-part episode, it's it's a really well-done episode. Uh, but also, you get, you, you're, you're using recycled footage of those first three of Jason, Trini, and Zach. Because uh, the actors aren't there. And then you're getting recycled lines or not that good stand-ins like shots from the back you get the footage of those three with you can tell it was shot earlier with tommy is because as i said with the rangers they wear the cl the corresponding clothes um which they eventually later make a joke about but i'll get to it um the white ra uh tommy's the white ranger at this point so 90 percent of the time he wears right white but when he's on screen with jason at various points he's rocking green so it's early, they're recycling the earlier footage. Uh, and then they transfer these characters out. They put the new guys in and it's just all stock footage. It's not as terrible as I'm making it sound, but it's especially compared to later episodes where you actually got the characters departing on screen. You're, it's, it's a missed opportunity. Uh, so then this is where the show really becomes the, the Tommy Oliver. Before uh, Jason left. Like, when Tommy became the White Ranger, there seemed to be... That's where the behind-the-scenes issues were, coming. I think, becoming apparent. So then they included a line of Zordon saying, like, uh, Tom, though Tommy is now the leader of the Power Rangers or whatever. Then you get Rocky, Adam, and Aisha. And a lot of the focus... It, uh, Linkara, the, the gentleman who does the excellent uh, History of Power Rangers YouTube series... Or you can find them on Atop the Fourth Wall. I highly recommend you check that out. Because it breaks the show down with behind the scenes footage. Looks at stuff into the writing. Or not behind the scenes footage. Just information about behind the scenes. Looks into the writing, the character development, everything. It's excellent. Go check it out. Um, how did I get here? 
Right, yeah. No, sorry. His joke is uh, it became the Tommy Oliver show guest starring the Power Rangers. And it was basically that for the remainder of <laughs> uh, Tommy's time on the Power Rangers, which was up to halfway through Turbo. Um, it, it does shift focus. Uh, by the end of the second season, they've brought back Rita because parents were complaining that the the character Lord Zed was too scary for, for kids. Um, then we get into the third season, <clears throat> which introduces friggin' uh, Rito Repulso. And he, uh, early in the season... I actually know the season starts with a uh, uh, link to... I can't remember the name of the show, but it was an, av- uh, an adaptation of uh, Carmen Ryder. And then to get into the season proper, you get Rito Repulso, uh, who destroy like helps destroy uh the thunder zords that basically causes a power surge uh so the like the zords are destroyed they break apart like heads fall off arms fall off it's really quite graphic and really well done um the zord like they've lost the zords before a highlight of the of mighty morphin season one and all the power rangers is the five part uh, green with evil saga and the fourth episode ends with the the zords being destroyed not really but it is and it's it's not emotional but they they push for that and it's great um so we haven't seen something like that since um but the zords fall apart the rangers the the rangers need new powers so they go find uh ninjor and they get new powers along the way they're faced by the uh, Tenga warriors that are different from same costumes but different than the Tengu warriors from the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie. So give me a sec, I'm gonna take some time. Uh, the Power Rangers movie, to capitalize on the success of the show, was filmed roughly at the same point they were filming. I can't remember the episode, but one where they were in Australia because it's cheaper to film in Australia. Uh, so as they were filming there, they filmed the movie, which is a loose adaptation of the show. Like you could look at it at the movies outside the continuity of the show because the show does not ever reference the movie, ever reference Ivanus or any of the stuff in the show. Because the show after the movie came out does the stuff with with the with the ninja zords and all that. The movie did it well a little bit before but the show adapts it because it's friggin using the sentai from uh what's it called sorry give me a sec i scrolled down way too far kaku ranger uh and it the rangers had different suits there was ivan ooze they definitely added a lot more stuff for a tour line because let's be honest it's about the toys as well um so the movie was filmed at the same time but not connected and the, the movie's got its charm. It's got its fun. Unfortunately, the last time I watched it, though, I realized there was fart jokes that I never noticed before. And if I'm with my buddies, I'm down with fart jokes. We'll laugh at actual farts. But fart jokes in movies or shows, I really find I don't find funny anymore. So I was like, oh, no. I never caught it before. And now I have. And I don't like that. Uh, but back to the show. So... They start adapting Kaku Ranger, which again, you've got a similar instance of 
using so much different footage. But the nice thing is now that they're adapting Kaku Ranger, they're using the monsters and the Zords from that series. So you're you're getting new Zord footage. You're not getting the mixed up shots of like, here's the monster walking towards the Megazord. Here's the Megazord punching it. And then here's the monster reacting to it. Like you're actually getting the wide shots again. And, but the costumes are still the same. It's just now when they morph, they're saying animal names instead of dinosaur names, but their, their helmets are still made up to look like the dinosaurs because they don't want to change it too much for kids. Um, and then you get an excellent borderline eight part mini thing, uh, not mini series or anything, but eight, eight episode storyline where Kimberly, uh, leaves. So by the end, by the time Kimberly leaves out of the original five, you just have Billy. Like he's the only one left on the show. Tommy, you is borderline an original ranger, but he came like halfway through the first season. Uh, Billy's the only one who's been around from the get-go. On a total side note, early on in the season, Billy builds a flying car called the Radbug. They rarely use it, which sucks, because the Rat... That's, it's odd, but it's stinking awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. They should have used that more. Uh, they start give. They also give the Rangers one-off powers, again, to sell toys. Uh, they make the... Like, they give the Rangers motorcycles, but they have Zords. Uh, they give the rangers flying abilities, which they barely use. But why would you use the flying abilities when you have the rad bug and you teleport? I digress. Uh, so you get the you get the ninja powers, and they also get a quasi second morph or a, a first morph because they morph into their ninjetti costumes or ninja costumes, and then from that stage they morph into their regular uh, their regular costumes. This is the first season where you also get a second set, uh, like a second Megazord. Uh, like in the earlier seasons, you had extra Zords. You had, uh, I can't remember, but friggin' the, the giant Brontosaurus Zord um, that made the Megazord super powerful. You also had Tor the Shuttle Zord. Um, and when they, there was all, the sixth ranger always has his other Zord, which you can add on to the Megazord or make a second Megazord with, um, and then always combine to make the Ultra Megazord. What was kind of funny was at one point, cause they decided to go all out with the, the, I can't remember the name of it. So I'm just going to call it the super ultra awesome Megazord, um, which is where in the original series, you take the Megazord with friggin the dragon sword on top of it possibly tor worked in there somewhere and then the brachiosaurus sword uh and then it, it just rolls up people firing everything and it's the ultimate megazord ko so they do this twice in in power ranger season three with the ninja falcon megazord and the shogun falcon megazord with this brachiosaurus sword which does not never interacted different seasons so what they did because the the toys were really really good uh like don't get me wrong there are crappy versions of power rangers toys but not the ones coming out then or a lot of the ones currently coming out by hasbro because hasbro y'all awesome uh and they'd combine the like i said the shogun falcon megazord the ninja falcon megazord with this the brachiosaurus to create like the ultra super awesome ninja shogun megazord whatever um 
<laughs> so they filmed the combining sequences using the toys. You can tell when you watch it, but as a kid, you don't notice that. Uh, if you look for it, you'll notice it. Like it's just a slight different visual quality, um, but you can notice it as you're as you're watching it now. Where I'm just like, that's interesting. Uh, they went through so many props that they just uh, with the morphers. It's a they go to local toy stores, buy up a like not their entire stock, but a number of their stock to get new props. That's how good the toys were. <laughs> And it's cheaper than make it like just keeping remaking. Uh, seriously, it's so technically interesting to me. Just all the stuff they did. Um, so then, as they're adapting Kaki Ranger, you're using, you're still shooting American footage. You're still adding this stuff. Uh, what they did with Kaki Ranger was interesting because in Kaki Ranger, the Shogun Megazords come first, and then the Ninja Zords come second. The Shogun's the Pink Ranger from Kaki Ranger. There is no Pink Ranger in Kaku Ranger, actually. Um, in, but there's the extra Crane Zord, so I can't remember how that works. But um, the Crane, yeah. Uh, the Shogun Zords come first. That's why when you get to the Shogun Zord footage, it's always Kimberly with Tommy or later Cat with Tommy. Um, and then you get friggin' the Ninja Zords in Kaku Ranger come later, but earlier they come first, and it features more of Kimberly, so that's, it's just, again, interesting. Uh, and then you're introduced to Master Vile, who is Rita's dad. There's one absolutely bizarre moment where after they, they the villains actually win a bunch in these in these episodes. Um, they beat the Rangers, so then the evil triumphs by friggin' Master Vile doing, having a dance party. So seeing all these monsters dance and Lord Zed mope, you're like, what? It is a kid's show, but it's also just like, what? I'm interested. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, as we're, as we're going through this, um, also, what's... <laughs> Master Vile is gross. Because <laughs> um, in the in Mighty Morphin, when Rita wants the monster to grow, she'll yell, make my monster grow. And then she'll throw her friggin' staff thing down at the... Down from the moon... And in Zoo Ranger, it's not the moon, but down from the moon into the ground, and then it makes the monster grow. Lord Zed throws a grenade. When it's Rita and Zed married, they cross their staffs, and then a beam makes it grow. Master Vile vomits an egg. It's gross. It's it's well shot, but it's gross. Uh, it's the grossest version of anything to make a monster grow. Um, yeah, yeah. So, as they wrap up Season 3 with what fans separate into Season 3.5. With uh, Also, in this season, they introduce the Zeo Crystal. Power Rangers often introduces what Linkar will mention, and Steve did when we were talking about uh, Spider-Man Home Alone 2 Lost in Europe. Uh a Magu like Power Rangers always introduces a MacGuffin. Like if it, if it's this, it'll do this and blah blah blah. And I'm Zordon. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's uh oh oh sorry. Last side tangent because I'm really trying to move through. Um, there's one episode that's really awesome that they use the Zoo Two footage for, um, or they film specifically. 
and it's uh, Rita or someone creates uh, Rita and Zed create, or maybe just Zed. It's been a while since I've watched the episode. It's a two or three parter. Uh, the Rangers get sent back in time to frontier times. They don't have connections to their powers, and there's terrible rat costumes. But the highlight of the the episode is Tommy is cloned, so you get the White Ranger squaring off with the Green Ranger. You also get interesting footage of the Tiger Zord fighting off, uh, fighting with the Dragon Zord, which uh, I get. That's where you get the clips of one Zord happening and the other Zord reacting. Um, man, I wish Hasbro would redo stuff, but well, anyways. Um, but it's a, it's a highlight. I'm pretty sure it's in the second season. If I'm wrong, it's in the third. Uh, but if you can look it up, it's just, it's fun. It's fun. It, like when Tommy became the green ranger, you're like, man, I want to watch like a lot of people are always like he was best as green. So, and it's true. He was always tough as his green. Um, anyways, side tangents, uh, friggin'. So Towards the end of season three, they they earlier introduced the Zeo Crystal. Master Vile gets it. Then they have to put it back in time, and then something happens. I can't remember what because it's been a while since I've watched. Where Power Rangers time has been reversed before, they reverse it again. So the Kid Rangers have to go to certain areas to get the Zeo Crystal. So it's not a one and done, and it ties into the next season. So. They get rangers from a other planet called Aquatar to be the 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 stand-in Power Rangers. So you get the Alien Rangers, which was a ten-episode arc. While the the Kid Rangers are going back, Billy somehow becomes an adult. I really can't remember. It's I'd say look it up on the Power Rangers fandom or watch the episodes. <laughs> and it goes through. That journey, but the the Alien Rangers, the costumes were great. They were they, it allowed them to use substantially more footage from Kaku Rangers, so they were able to do it much cheaper, uh, and because they're not f- filming as much, they are filming, but they're not filming as much. Uh, during that time, Aisha leaves, and you get a new character. Um, I can't remember her name, I so I apologize, but but we get another uh, Yellow Ranger. Um, Tanya, there we go, Tanya. Uh, Tanya is introduced. Um, Aisha leaves off screen, which kind of sucks because it's the kid actor. Le- it's the character leaves through the child actor. The actual actress uh, does not get a chance to say her goodbye. Um, but you get the alien rangers who on Aquatar, it's like a water world, so they always need water to re-energize their standing in fountains and all that. They get this watery voice effect. That part's really annoying. Uh, but the the Ninja Ranger outfits, the Kaku Ranger outfits, I really, really like. Um, so it, it, it's, it's cool. And then you get the end of the season where the kids become adults again. Goldar and Rito have broken in to the command center from under it. Uh, the command, like no evil is supposed to be able to get into the command center. At one point you get this awesome chilling scene where Lord, like Lord Zed's captured Kimberly or cat, or I can't remember who. And he's like, you need to let me in. Cause I'm going to lay down some demands. And then you get this really great sequence of Zed in his gangster chair in the command center. Everybody is like on edge and super uncomfortable. And it, it's 
a great sequence and then Tommy fights Zed and then that really emphasizes like he's the emperor of evil he should not be like he does not he doesn't have to get his hands dirty when he does he mops the floor with Tommy except uh, but then Tommy breaks his staff so it gets a not even, but that's where the, the fight goes to a standstill. But again, it's the idea of he is like the big evil. Um, but that's the only time up until this point we've ever had an evil character break into the command center. Aside from Tommy when he was the evil Green Ranger. But the power coins allow you to do that. To get into the command center. Um, where was I going with this? <laughs> uh, yeah, so Goldar and Rito break into the command center. They plant a bomb under it. They steal the Zeo Crystal. And then Power Rangers Season 3 and the Mighty Morphin franchise as a whole, which at this point has been running for three seasons, is blown up. Uh, the command ends by the command center blowing up. And that's how that's how the season ends. You don't know what happened to Zordon. You don't know. Like, the bad guys win. And that's great. So then we get into Zeo Ranger. Uh, which adapted from O-Ranger or O-Ranger I can't I just can't pronounce I'm, I'm terribly sorry um, yeah from O-Ranger and this is the first time we get Power Rangers where they're just at this point the show's uh, ratings had started to drop a bit of the the phenomena was was dying down because um, around this time I also think like uh, Pokemon was starting to come out. Uh, you had other excellent shows appealing for kids. You had Spider-Man, the animated series. You had X-Men. You had Batman. There was a lot of stuff going on in Power Rangers. The kids were growing up, and it was becoming less cool. So they also, I think, were introducing Big Bad Beetleborgs and other tokusatsu. I, I, I just can't pronounce that word. Tokusaku? Sorry. Um, other shows of this nature that were appealing to kids. So... They to rejuvenate the brand, they're like, you know what? We will do the hardest reboot yet, but it's still a soft where we're keeping the cast, but now we're going to change the costumes once a season. We'll keep the characters, but we'll change the costumes and we'll introduce new villains. So they really they they adapt uh Oranger. So you get the in the States it's Zeo. Zeo is a really, really good version of Power Rangers. Um it's one of it's it's in my top five. Uh you get Tommy becoming the red, you get Adam becoming the the Green Ranger, you get Rocky becoming the Blue Ranger, which was the best Rocky. Um I like I like the character Rocky, but he was kind of almost lost in the shuffle in the in Mighty Morphin, because also it's like the Red Ranger was the leader, but then he became the uh, the leader became Tommy, and also the character is so different from Jason. It's almost like the character was in the shadow, in a weird way. But they're look it up online. Looking, there's a lot of comparisons. So Rocky, they figured out how to use Steve Cardenas to the character got to shine a bit. In Zio, you get the Machine Empire, who's not everybody's favorite villains, but it was different enough. Um, get the Zio Zords, which aren't my favorite, but they're still cool. You get the new Zio powers. You get, which is one of the biggest missed opportunities with Power Rangers, but I'll get to it because um, the Zio power, the Zio Crystal becomes the Zio that they get Zionizers instead of Morphers. Uh, you get 
the Zeo powers are always supposed to be growing, so there's no upward limit. Uh, so, and that shows throughout the that shows throughout the season. Uh, Linkara excellently points out that as the threat escalates, the the powers increase. So, where they struggled earlier in the season, they're they're winning exponentially uh, by the end. You get some, you get a number of filler episodes, a really really weird Christmas episode or two. Um, but the highlight for the season for me is, uh, Jason coming back, uh, Austin St. John returns as the Gold Ranger. The Gold Ranger is awesome. It's in Oranger. It was a black Ranger. The, the motif is black and gold. So he's counted as a black Ranger in Oranger, but they, they went with, they called it the Gold Ranger, which was awesome. And it fit. The Gold Ranger was a tank. He had an amazing Zord, Pyramidus, who, that was a friggin' brick house of a Zord. Um, the Gold Ranger, his introduction is outstanding. He wipes the floor with the cogs and everything. Um, and they really tie in an interesting reason. So, in Power Rangers, the thing is, whenever they introduce the sixth Ranger, uh, his first bunch of episodes... He, he shows to be the strongest Zord. He walks through the... The Sixth Ranger always walks through the team, walks through everything, just like he, he wipes the floor with everything. And then, as it, the Sixth Ranger joins the team, he's gradually depowered. Not really, but it, you just see him, like, when you compare it to earlier episodes, he's always... You're like, why is he suddenly losing when he used to be able to take, like, eight like 20 putties single-handedly like why are two why are three giving him a rough time uh zeo is the only thing that really like ties it in where uh in the show the gold ranger is, and the gold ranger powers are built for a species that like for an alien species that have very different genet genetic makeup are also three traits in one like tray of heart tray of wisdom tray of courage or friggin something uh, Captain Planet, and the but he's losing the powers because I friggin' can't remember. Uh, so then they tie the they need to transfer the Gold Ranger powers or they'll be lost, and then evil can take them. And at this point, they've reintroduced Lord Zed and Rita. Um, unfortunately, you lose Lord Zed's amazing gangster sword, Serpentera, uh, which has a really stupid weakness of it's incredibly strong. It can destroy planets, but the the battery life of it is crazy short. So when the Machine Empire shows up in the first episode and chases Lord Zed and Rita away, they're like, we'll be back. But then they're in this friggin' RV, like a camper. Uh, and you never see them in Serpentera again, which sucks, because Serpentera was awesome. Uh, how'd I get here? <laughs> right, yeah, Lord Zed and Rita are back. And then you get Jason coming in. So uh, you get the... Jason getting the powers, but slowly the powers start to reject him, and he, his body can't sustain it, which was a really interesting story as a kid, and also, like I said, a technically interesting story, because that's how you can work out the reason of why the, the sixth ranger, who's a brick house, is suddenly, like, not as strong as he is, because that always happens in Power Rangers. At least now you had a reason for it. Uh, the season eventually ends with the Machine Empire being overthrown. The final episode, Jason gives the powers back to Trey of Triforia, 
and then they defeat the Machine Empire, and then Lord Zed and Rita blow up the Machine Empire, and then they're like, we're back. So there's promise of a next season. Also, Bulk and Skull, who have grown from bullies to good-natured bumblers to police officers to wanting to be detectives, who are friends with these characters. Uh, Linkara calls them the heroes of the show. And they've got a lot of development going on, and it's really cool. Um, you get this interesting dynamic there. They're, they leave. They're going off to Paris to essentially become detectives. That's where Zio ends. And then we get the Turbo movie, which was what it was. There's a whole entry on the Power Rangers wiki about the transition <laughs> from Zio to Turbo. Because there's all these dangling threads that never, ever, 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 ever get responded to. Uh, from the show into the movie. Or, sorry, from the movie into the show. Because unlike the Power Rangers movie, the Turbo movie is in complete continuity with the show. Um, and it sets up the season. At one point, you have Cat morph, trying to morph into the Zeo Ranger. So, here's some of those threads. For whatever reason, um, to get... It, like, Divatox shows up. She steals this short alien thing. Um, she needs a pure human sacrifice to pull out this huge demon Malagor. Um, if I'm getting that right. Uh, and so Kimberly and Jason are there. At the end of Zeo, Jason has a girlfriend. Uh, when we meet him in the Turbo movie, he's potentially dating Kimberly. Um... We haven't seen Kimberly since Mighty Morphin Season 3 and Zio, she broke up with Tommy. Uh, so they're like, well, to get in this dimension, you need new powers for no reason. So the Zio powers are just completely replaced. There's never, ever, ever a satisfying reason. Uh, because when you set up the Zio powers as this thing that's always growing, always like adapting, you're like, why would you give get rid of this? You'll keep getting stronger. Um, they, like, you could have developed it like it's becoming too powerful, it's it's going to negatively affect you, whatever. They never address it, which is really, it's a sticking point for a lot of fans, myself included. So, then we get cars. <laughs> I, I, it's honestly just because they knew, I, I think it's honestly just because they knew we were adapting Car Ranger next. Um, and it's they're like it's a kid's show who's gonna care well adults care now years later and the kids who were paying attention at the time um the turbo movie was what it was uh when you get to the show bulk and skull are back with no explanation um they also get turned into monkeys turbo is where pun intended the wheels really started to fall off uh audience retention was dropping out of the first four seasons because Mighty Morphin had three debatably three and a half um, but out of the first four let's say suits or powers of the show uh, turbos is the weakest um, you also had like Jason David Frank was like I'm, I'm leaving uh, Catherine Sutherland was also leaving so then they just decided to reboot the team um, they didn't tell halfway through the season Zordon and Alpha left. 
you got the Alpha 5 left, you got the Jive talking Alpha 6, and Demetrius, or Demetri, I can't remember her name, but she was Nozord on, she was not cool. Uh, there was also hints that her and Divatox were sisters, um, but they never confirmed it. Um, yeah, Divatox was not that good of a villain, uh, an annoying character, and then Elgar was really, really annoying. Um, but you got the first half of that season is really bad, really, really bad. Uh, the second half is where it picks up, where you get the power transfer and the new team, um, characters who you only meet like for three episodes, and then you're like, why are these guys becoming the Rangers? But the show picks up now. I do want to watch uh, Car Ranger because it looks ridiculous and fun. Um, because it was a super light-hearted Sentai. And that comes up when they're adapting footage. In the first two episodes, it's the Rangers have graduated high school. Friggin' uh, but Zordon and Alpha are leaving. So you get this heavy story. And then at one point, Tommy, while driving his car Zord is looking at a manual to how to work the car Zord, because that works. Uh, thematically, that's just... Anyways, so the show picks up towards the second half. Uh, you're you're getting your first cast, like, big cast change. It's not like half the cast is gone. Billy also left during Zeo. I forgot to mention it's because David Yost was bullied on set. Um, Billy Yost is gay. Um... Sorry, David Yost, not Billy Yost. David Yost is, is gay, and he was bullied for it by a lot of the uh, production people, which sucks. Um, so he left the show. In Zio, it was, they got an older actor to come in. This is how they wrote him out, and it was not, the, the actor didn't get the Billy mannerisms or anything. So this is your first big cast change, where none of... It's all new characters. Nobody's sticking around. And then uh, the end of the season, Divatox wins. A new monster. Is it Darkseid? I think I'll just call him Darkseid. I can't remember. Um, he has the. Uh, it's the same costume as Malagor from friggin' um, the Turbo movie. Uh, he he unites all the evil characters, but Divatox wins, which is a big sticking point for some fans because it's like she's the one who defeats the Rangers. Um, the Rescue Megazord is destroyed. The Turbo Megazord is destroyed. The Power Center, the Power Chamber is completely annihilated. Uh, the Rangers go into space. Like it's it's a bleak ending. It's so it's really well done, but it is kind of a sticking point where it's like not Rita, not Zed, not the Machine Empire. Her, she did it. Um, also, an unpopular thing during Turbo that was introduced was Justin. Uh, they saw in Bid, Big Bad Beetleborgs the success of it was kids having these powers and then becoming adults in the Rangers. They tried to emulate that because Big Bad Beetleborgs was winning in the ratings, um, but it did not work. Power Ranger fans did not like it. And then we get uh, Justin leaves at the end of the show. So then we get to the spectacular In Space. In Space is outstanding. It was the one, it was adapted from Mega Ranger, um, which Mega Ranger was a video game 
themed show. And this is where you get the interesting adaptations where Mega Ranger was a video game theme. They made it a pure space opera. Um, and it was very much like, we're done after this season. Like, we're, we're going to be canceled. We're, we barely got renewed for a new one. Let's just, we're going we're gonna to go all out. Uh, they were amping it up like, this is the final one. Let's just go out on a bang. And they did. In Space is outstanding. It's a really, really good season. It is debatably the best of the Zordon era. Um, it ties up so many loose ends from the Zordon era, with the exception of you never find out who the Phantom Ranger, who was introduced in Turbo. Uh, you never find out who the Turbo Ranger, uh, the Phantom Ranger is. But you get a new sixth ranger, you get Andros, you get the space powers are cool, everybody gets developed. You also get the first proper team of evil rangers, the psycho rangers, um, who get a whole long arc and are really cool. You also get awesome things of seeing the rangers have to think outside the box because the, the psycho rangers mop the floor with them. Um, they are their superiors almost in every way. You see them mop the floor with them. You see villains really thinking outside the box. Um, I know his name's not Darkseid, but... Um, Dark Spectre! That's his name! Um, but you see Corone, or I can't remember... Andromeda is her evil name. She's the brother of the Red Ranger, but she was Corone and her mind was wiped and yada yada yada. Um, she creates the Psycho Rangers, tars, ties them into Dark Spectre's powers so whenever the psycho rangers are out and about they're draining dark specter of powers at one point crone is becoming good but then dark specter wipes her mind not again but furthers her evil so she goes from slightly caring about dark specter to being pure evil and not caring so when you get that any loyalty is gone she's trying to take over um the Psycho Ranger saga was great, and it like it, there was really, really good developed, well thinking stuff. During this time, I mentioned it on a recent episode of One Cross Radio, where you get a crossover with friggin' Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: The Next Mutation. Watch it; it's not the best, it's not the worst, but it's just it's interesting. Um, it's also kind of funny because you get the Power Rangers know who the Ninja Turtles are. Apparently they exist in the same world, but the Ninja Turtles are like Power Rangers don't exist. They're 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 comic book. Never mind the fact that in the Power Rangers universe, Power Rangers have been on late night shows as guests. They are known. Uh, friggin' local places don't even rely on the military. They're just like the Power Rangers will handle it. <laughs> they're known, so that that's an interesting tidbit. But you get that crossover, then you get the excellent finale. Um, that's the end of the Zordon era. Zordon is killed. Um, he sacrifices himself because the good energy from his tube will wipe out all evil. Lord Zed and Rita become good, good again. Everybody, um, Divatox becomes a good guy again, which hints at her being the sister. Um, but so many other people are, they're basically dusted, more or less. So they thought that would be the end, um, but it won back viewers that had dropped off and got new viewers. So then we got the extension. So now we're into the post the post Zordon era, which I can't go as in depth about because frankly I'm a lot less familiar with these. Um, 
I haven't made my way through them. So you get Lost, Lost Galaxy, which the the Sentai version was an environmental season, but because In Space was so popular, they wanted to keep the space theme, so it became Lost Galaxy. Um, I'm less, I'm, I can't go as in-depth because honestly I'm less familiar with it. There is... Uh, it became a uh, regular theme for Power Rangers from this point onward to have a season where it would be a, a, a season requisite crossover episode with the full pass team. Now, Ranger, uh, with the Turbo didn't, In Space had a crossover episode where Adam came back and he somehow still had the Mighty Morphin Black Powers. Um, so he returned in In Space. In Lost Galaxy, though, or, yeah, no, and In Space later, you also had Justin return. It was called True Blue to the Rescue, and it was really, really good. Um, but it was it was isolated to one-offs. Lost Galaxy, you had the, I think it was called The Power of Ten. I really could be wrong, but it's a great, it's a great crossover episode. They bring back the Psycho Rangers, uh... And there's a little comment there because the in space had a black uh, had a black ranger, black and green most of the time unless it's a sixth ranger aren't on like black because they're the interchangeable ones. So there was a green galaxy ranger, there was a black in space uh, black psycho ranger, so it would go after the green galaxy uh, lost galaxy ranger. So they made it like like they it was a little comment on it. Um, and there's exceptions to that rule because RPM breaks that. The crossover episode was outstanding. The Space Rangers come back. I think everybody but Zane, the Silver Ranger, are there. It's great. The following episode, the original Pink Galaxy Ranger, the actress had to leave the show. So it's the first time a Ranger is killed in the show. By the by the Lost Galaxy finale, she comes back. And then Corone. Uh, who was the villain last season comes back. She becomes the the second pink uh, Lost Galaxy Ranger. Then we get to Lightspeed, which is another show I haven't really watched as much, but the it takes place on Earth. In this case, though, the Rangers' identities are known. They're not doing secret identity, um, which is it's it's a different, an interesting, different take. Then you get the highlight is Carter Grayson, who. Is shoot first, ask questions later. Uh, there's various clips where you see like the Carter's knocked out of a Zord. There's a giant monster, so he just runs shooting at it. Um, Carter's a great, great character. I really want to watch uh, Lightspeed. Then you get Time Force, which I've watched more of, uh, but I really need to make my way through it. It is one of the most beloved. Uh, shows of Power Rangers in general, a lot of top 10 lists, it's in the top 5, or in the ranking of lists, it makes the top 5 um, get a really good cast really good setting uh, the villain is uh, main villain is Rancic he's played by the guy who played Barrett in the wonderful not sure if it's a parody or not um, Commando Arnold Schwarzenegger movie but he, like Seen chewingly great, but in the right kind of way. Um, really, really good show. Uh, also goes from like, we're on Earth, but we're from the future and all that. Because uh, Power Rangers jumps around time, hence Time Force. Um, 
really, really good show. Really, really good show. Uh, I've out of the episodes I've seen anyway, I've enjoyed it thoroughly. I really want to rewatch it. Um, then you get Wild Force, which is good, but a mixed bag. It really, really leans heavy on environmental stuff. Uh, gets overly preachy at points, but it's it's a kids show, so it will. Um, there are two outstanding crossover episodes. One's a two-part with Time Force, which, like I said, at this point, season requisite. Uh, but then later you get, this was the 10th anniversary of the show. So originally they wanted to film it in two parts. Saban was like, no, no. Like, you've already filmed this. Why do you need to do this? It's the 10th anniversary. Too bad. No. Um, and then the toy company had to bail them out. And that's where you get the only weak point in this. Um, cause it was like, you have to use it with this cause it's the, they introduced it like two episodes earlier where it's a, basically a motorcycle, but it's a gift of a God, um, and Serpentera and the Serpentera looks awful, but you get forever red, which is still the hands down the best anniversary episode of power Rangers. It includes every red Ranger up till that point. And Austin St. John came back. Uh, the only Red Ranger who doesn't come back is uh, Rocky because the actor was moving at the time. So he, he couldn't be a part of it. Uh, but from the sounds of it, he wasn't going to be the Red Ranger. It would He would have been the Red Ranger if friggin' Austin St. Austin John said no. But he comes back. Tommy comes back. Everybody comes back. Uh, it is one of my favorite Power Rangers episodes ever and it's really really cool because then also you see the filming changes and how the budget's gone up and older ranger costumes doing newer special effects newer shooting techniques it's a great episode check out forever red uh, and that to me is the high point of the season um wild force again is one i less know and this is where we get to the transition and we're now getting into the disney era so, sorry, I did a pause there. <laughs> uh, the Disney era is one, again, I am less familiar with. Um, it has some good highs, but it also has some low lows. Um, it is definitely a mixed bag. Uh, not as mixed as the next era, but you get Ninja Storm, which is the official start of the Disney era. Uh, and also what becomes very interesting with Power Rangers going forward. At this point, they move all their filming to New Zealand. Uh, they are hiring all local New Zealand actors. Uh, it's because it's substantially cheaper to film that way. You're not flying people over. It becomes much, much cheaper. Ninja Storm is what it is. Um, unfortunately, recently, the uh, the Red Ranger from that show, Pau Magesa, he recently passed away. Um May he rest in peace. He was 38, so it's a young passing. Uh, while, uh, sorry, Ninja Storm is what it is. Uh, it has started out as, a, it was the first time I think we got a three ranger team, and then it only, it eventually became a six. It was the one that, uh, it was the first really, really jokey, uh, jokey one. Um, the villain... Lothor really broke the fourth, fourth wall. It, it's it got a mixed reception. Some people love it. Other people really hate the tone of the season. Um, out of the ones I've watched, I've enjoyed it. But other times I'm like, man, they're... 
It's also the first time where they really start to incorporate just stock music um, instead of creating their own incidental music. And I think the show suffered because of that. Um, and that's something that sticks around for any number of seasons. Also, they really start amping up the what's called the Kalish explosions, where there's explosions behind the rangers instead of in front of the rangers, and it always blows them forward. The explosions, they get amped up so much over the next couple seasons, it gets very distracting. So, after, uh, after Ninja Storm, we get to what some consider the high point of the Disney era, but not to me, but it's the second best of the of the Disney era you get Dino Thunder and Tommy comes back the way Jason David Frank tells it and you got no reason to disbelieve the guy like the show while Ninja Storm was successful but they still wanted it to have more of an impact and they're like well Tommy was a huge ratings draw not always because the show suffered while he was there that's not on the character it's just interest um or the actor I mean but they brought Jason David Frank back. He did it entirely as a favor to, I think the guy's name was Doug Sloan. So he comes back, um, and it's it's one of the times you get new characters getting like the entire history of previous teams. Um, Ninja Storm did not have the season the season requisite crossover episodes. Um, but Dino Thunder did. They had a crossover with Ninja Storm. The crossover was great. Uh, Dino Thunder was really, really good because the characters consistently grew. Really consistently grew. Um, at one point, uh, you had uh, Tommy. They, they did stuff because they weren't going to always fly Jason David Frank over. So after he becomes the, the black Dino Thunder Ranger... Um, there's a joke where he's like, I need to add more black to my wardrobe because friggin' that's what Power Rangers does. Um, you get him, something happens with the Dino Gem where he is stuck, morphed, he can't unmorph, and then he can unmorph, but he's invisible. Um, they did this so he could spend time with his family and also because it's expensive flying back and forth. And then he uh, he does come back, but there's a great episode where he's fighting for his life. You don't know why he's dying, but something happens. And so you get Tommy in his dream having to fight all his past Ranger forms, except for the Red Turbo Ranger. They, the Red is represented by Zeo, but it works him fighting the Zeo Ranger, him fighting the White Ranger. He beats them. He loses to the Green Ranger because it's. I guess it's... A thing in the fear like he'll he'll never like that that evil part will always haunt him uh but it's really well shot sequences it's re like a really well done uh really well done season they also it's also the first season where they acknowledge super sentai where there's a clip show about basically it's them the three main rangers outside of trent who's the white dino thunder ranger who's a dragon ranger because apparently dragons and dinosaurs um <laughs> And Tommy aren't there, but it's them watching the Sentai and being like, what? What the hell? Um, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting episode. Then we get SPD, which was really, really cool because you get the, um, you're introduced to the A-Squad and then they're gone. And 
what's done in the show is you are with what is the B team. Power Rangers in SPD are basically like the pol- like the police. They're they're there, they're helpful and everything. Uh, SPD is really uh, from the episodes I've seen really really solid and then you get the second time where there's an evil force of uh, of evil Power Rangers because the A-Team disappears but then they come back and they're evil they're working for the bad guy uh, I am sorry that I can't go as in-depth with these because I haven't watched them as much Mystic Force I have not watched at all it's got a cool premise but I really 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 haven't heard good things so I just have not, it was an entirely Red Ranger focused season where everybody else lost, uh, was like underserved because of how much the Red Ranger was overserved. But it is the first Power Ranger season that entirely rely, like it relies on magic. It's the way it's described is Power Rangers meets Harry Potter. So that's a very interesting premise. Um, and Mystic Force, I believe, had a crossover with SPD. Then we get into what is always considered one of the worst seasons of Power Rangers. Um, Operation Overdrive. Out of the episodes I've watched, it's bad. It's really bad. None of the characters are likable. Uh, there was an intriguing premise, like globe trotting, like Power Rangers meets Indiana Jones. But it's kind of car themed. You don't know why. The even from the Sentai, the costumes look bad. Uh, the characters are really underdeveloped. They don't make many of them likable. Um, they make one character incredibly annoying. Um, it's not a good season. And the crossover episode with that called "Once a Ranger." It's good in the sense of it brings a bunch of past rangers back so it's not just like the previous season's team it's another anniversary episode it's the 15th anniversary so adam comes black comes back as mighty morphin black um the past bunch of seasons are represented and the the characters those characters shine but it also should like a great cross a great power rangers crossover always shows both teams in good light it's not like well the last team was amazing and this team sucks this crossover episode highlights the major problems with operation overdrive in the sense of none of the characters are that likable uh the power like in this one the power rangers are starting to stumble they i think they lose their power so then this old team comes in and none of them are focused on getting their powers back. Like, every previous time, Rangers were on the verge of lo- losing their powers. Even after they lost their powers, like, no, we're doing the right thing because this is what we do. This is who we are. Like, they were good people ready to sacrifice themselves. This team, once they lose it, almost at the first sign of hardship, they're like, okay, we're done. Um, it's just they're not that likable characters. They're really underdeveloped. And it goes against the grain of everything that has been through this through the shows like each character every character in power rangers go through growth they all have especially as the seasons go on because the original seasons mighty morphin as much as i enjoy them it's there's not as much character development they're all like idealistic they're all perfect they're doing like 45 things as teenagers while working school loads while saving the world um it's like what the perfect ideal of a teenager is 
as they start actually adding character to these characters as the show goes, they're good people, but they have characteristics that they need to work on. Pride, stubbornness, whatever. Like, characters, they start adding character to the characters. They start to grow. But all of them, even though they had their flaws, none of them were like, okay, I'm good, I'm out, I'm ready to go. Like, them stepping down was always a challenge. Them stepping down was always a hardship. You got these characters who aren't that well developed, who aren't, and the development you've got are annoying, and then you get the, okay, we're done, we're just going to go live our lives. You as a viewer or people who are invested are like, why would I care about these people? Overdrive sucks. (laughs) Just point blank, Overdrive sucks. Jungle Fury comes out the next season, and it's almost done in response. Um, And that's, that's... the thing with these seasons when you get a really divisive or bad season people pay attention and then it's it's almost done to react to the previous season so jungle fury i've watched numerous episodes from not the whole season it's not my favorite but it's it's well done uh we're back to a ninja theme which works with the fighting um you also get some really interesting costumes because you get animal themed you get a rhino ranger you also get the first uh some of i think it was back with uh light speed you got the first ex- american exclusive ranger the titanium ranger um here you get three spirit rangers um which had great costumes but then they added stuff in the finale where you're like what where they morph into terrible cgi animals um they're master spirits or whatever um Power Rangers is difficult to describe. And as I said in a previous podcast, some of these would work awesome if you did more of an adult spin. Again, not like it needs to be Game of Thrones adult, but there's enough there where Time Force, uh, SPD, and especially when I, as I've talked before about friggin' RPM, uh, and when I get to RPM, like could work in more of an adult setting. Um, Jungle Fury... Not really. Uh, there's just a little bit too much out there. So Jungle Fury were, was accepted by fans, but again, it's starting to... Uh, they're losing interest. So at this point, Disney is ready to axe the show. It's given one more season. And then you get, as I just held up the DVD, what is probably my favorite Power Rangers season um, when I'm not watching it with nostalgia goggles. <laughs> Power Rangers RPM. It is friggin' outstanding. Uh, And for the longest time, uh, fans weren't sure where it was. So it is because SPD jumps into the future. Time Force jumps into the future. Uh, Mystic Force, you're like, where are all these? But they're in the same timeline. They're in the same world. RPM has a very post-apocalyptic setting. Uh, the Sentai it adapted from, Go Onger, was very, very lighthearted and different. Um, the original showrunner who had to leave partway through RPM because he was going insanely over budget, originally promised like a darker, different show, and then he watched the, then he watched episodes of Go Onger, and it's like. What have I gotten myself into? Uh, but 
RPM's post-apocalyptic setting is awesome. Like, I know I've repeated myself a couple times, so I'll try to keep myself from going into it too much, but people die in this show. Like, you don't necessarily see it on screen, but... Well, or you do in the case of one character. Um, but the the Vengex virus is released, um, and that's... Vengex is the big villain of this season. There's the city of Corinth, which is the last holdout for, for humans, because the world's been wiped... Not wiped out, but machines are taken over. They're killing people. Like, they don't hide that fact. Um, which is awesome, because most of the time in earlier seasons of Power Rangers or other kids' shows, it might be like, they disappear, but then by the end of the season, they're brought back. It's hunky-dory. It's happy. Not in RPM. Uh, you don't see people die, but they acknowledge the fact that humanity's population is small. This is it. Uh, characters are killed. Some on screen. Some off screen. The Red Ranger, played by Eka Darville, um, who friggin' stars on Jessica Jones. His brother dies. There's a whole thing of responsibility. Uh, the Black Ra This is the first season This also... The Black Ranger's not the leader, but it's focused on a Black Ranger. Play, uh, the character's named Dylan. You find out midway through, like, he was... He's a borderline cyborg. People are taken. The villains implement machines into these people, so what makes a person a person is destroyed. It's heavy. Dr. K, uh, the Zordon of the season. She's a child genius, stolen from her family, forced into a government think tank, uh, never gets to see the light of day. When you get to her episode, because the first bunch of episodes, you get um, Ranger Red. or like The first couple episodes introduce the team, introduce the Black Ranger, and then I think it's around the fifth episode... You also get the Green Ranger, uh, Ziggy, who's awesome. You get the uh, you get episodes focused on the Ranger story. So you get Ranger Blue, you get Ranger Red, you get Ranger Yellow, you get Ranger Green, and then you get Doctor K. Uh, there was a plan to have a Ranger Black episode, but I'll get to that later. Uh, but Dylan got a huge Dylan the Black Ranger got a lot of development in that in those episodes anyway. Um, so you get so much character development. Uh, Ziggy's working for drug runners, but he does the right thing because they're like, we're going to get all the money. He's working for the mob and doing like he's instructed to steal money, but he takes this. He takes the stuff to an orphanage because kids need medicine because they're dying. Again, heavy themes. And then he has to flee the city and try to live in the wilderness. So good. Um, and the great thing about RPM is they also, while having these heavy themes, they can also, they really poke fun at Ranger tropes and this season's tropes in particular. At one point, as a, uh, sorry, I got sidetracked with Dr. K. Uh, I'll get back to it. Um, yeah, with Dr. K in the Dr. K episode, you see her as a kid every year it's her birthday. And she wishes just to go outside to see the sun. And they're like, you're allergic to the sun. You can't see this. And then you see her grow from a child to whatever age she is. I think she's a borderline late teenager by the time we meet her. Um, she's definitely the youngest mentor. Um, she is 
like she creates the Vengex virus and accidentally unleashes it on the world. She does it so it'll throw down the security and alphabet soup so her and the others the the other genius but not super genius characters you meet Gem and Gemma um, who come back later can go outside she creates the villain she creates the thing that destroys the world accidentally just so she can go outside that's heavy that is you could do a whole friggin adult sci-fi show off that alone that's the thing i love about this season there's so, so much stuff that you can sink your teeth into if you're gonna watch any power ranger season please watch rpm there is standard power ranger stuff because it is made for kids but it's such a good show it has so many themes back to the <laughs> back to the lighter stuff uh at one point the rangers are asking uh dr k because she's having a session being like let's talk about your powers or whatever they're like why do the zords have googly eyes um why do i have to yell rpm getting gear at the top of my lungs which is a trope with power rangers because they always have to suddenly yell it's morphin time or whatever um in the case of in space let's rock it um side note in space has the second best power rangers theme bar none the first theme is awesome. Zeo's theme is awesome. Turbo's theme is all right. Um, RPM's theme sticks in your head, but it's not not great. Uh, but friggin' In Space's theme is so cheesily wonderful. Um, yeah, they they draw. They can make jokes with it working um, about the tropes of Power Rangers. Uh, the Blue Ranger is like, or Ziggy, the Green Ranger, at one point is like, why is it that there's a sixteen, a 60-foot explosion behind me every time I morph, which became a thing in later seasons. And then they actually use that later in the episode. The Blue Ranger's morpher is not working, so what he does is when he morphs, he deliberately runs in front of the, I can't remember the names of the, uh, the foot soldiers, their mechanic, um, I'm going to call them the cogs, but they're not the cogs. So he does it where the explo the energy explosion when he morphs causes them to explode. Uh, you get the gold and silver ranger who are technically, they both share the sixth ranger spot, Gemma and Gemma. They have a thing where they finish each other's sentences. It's annoying, but they make it work within the show because these are two characters who... The only social interaction they had was with each other. And then after Alphabet Soup, crumb, Alphabet Soup crumbled when Je, uh, when Dr. K released the Vengex virus, again, it was supposed to be inside. She was trying to set up a firewall uh, to prevent it, but then security grabbed her, and that's how um, the Vengex virus got out. Like, oh, so good. Um they had been blowing stuff. They had just been off in the, basically off in the wilderness, operating as the Golden Silver Ranger by themselves, flying in, shooting things first. You get Tanaya, Tanaya Seven as a, a basic cyborg thing. Um, halfway through the season, Judd Nelson came in. He had been, he is the guy who creates what is known as like the standard Power Ranger season. So, because they were going so over budget with everything. Um, and these deep dark themes like so much so little uh, go longer footage was used 
they were filming so much new American footage, not cheap, that they're like, no, come in, like you need to scrap. So it does change, but it, it still works. It still flows. I, w- I can't remember the guy's name. I would have loved to see what his, his the ending of his original intent for the show was. Um, yeah, you get so many good episodes. Uh, the villains get developed. The humans get developed. Everybody gets developed. Uh, it is, to me, the best. There is no crossover in this episode, in this season. Um Originally, the finale was going to be called Ranger Black, where you find out Dylan, um, who had been infected with the Vengex virus and again had some mechanical components, um, he was intended to... There was a subplot where you find out that Dylan and Tanaya are brother and sister, so it's riffing off of in space. But the original plan was apparently for that to be a red herring. And Dylan was the final body for Vengex, uh, the perfect body for Vengex. And they were going to have to kill Dylan in the finale, which would have been outstanding. What we got was still great. Um, Vengex outright kills the Golden Silver Ranger, but then they're brought back later because uh, Power Rangers. But they, they made the explanation work. Um, but you find out also half the population were sleeper agents. They didn't know. They were infected by the Vengex virus. Um, in the end, they they defeat Vengex. Vengex, it's the final footage. I think because it's lifting from Go Longer is down to the original three. Because uh, when you first in the first two episodes, it's just the red, blue, and yellow Ranger. Then they add the Black Ranger as the fourth Ranger. Uh, Ziggy is the fifth the fifth Ranger, and then you get Golden Silver. In the finale, Golden Silver killed. Uh, Ziggy is off protecting Dr. K. Dylan is off with Tanaya trying to destroy Vengex's tower uh, or whatever the hell it is. So it's down to the final three. Uh, and then they hand in their powers at the end. You think Vengex is destroyed. But then they included as a last stitch hope that the show would continue um, a hint that the Vengex virus was in the Red Morpher. We never, ever, ever got a follow up to that. Now, apparently, we might. Possibly. Um, that was the end of the Disney era. Disney was done. They re-released the first season of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers as uh, with newer effects. It was terrible. Then Saban reacquired the rights. And then you get the Neo-Saban era, which is the worst era, actually. Because they were... Now, they're working with Nickelodeon. Nickelodeon has some stupid rules where it's, no, you have to keep the cast... For two seasons. Also, the season has to be 20 or 22 episodes. You can't go beyond that. Um, <coughs> so you get Samurai that also becomes Super Samurai, which was a mixed bag. They lifted from... Um, they made a TV movie called Class of the Red Ra- Clash of the Red Rangers, which featured the Red Turbo Ranger coming, and it confirmed that RPM was in a different dimension. Eka Darville did the voiceover, but they didn't actually have him appear on screen. Uh, Samurai was what it was. Also, at this point, the themes really just started becoming um, repurposing of the original GoGo Power Rangers theme. Uh, and it's been that case since. You had Samurai that led into Super Samurai. Uh, and then you had what too many it to me it's not as bad as friggin over operation overdrive megaforce and super megaforce uh 
is one of the low points of the season of this of the franchise. It's supposed to be a celebration because it's it's the twentieth anniversary, uh, and they are adapting from what was then the fortieth of the Sentai. Yeah, it's not good. They, uh, the environmental message is crazy heavy. The um, I can't even remember the uh, the mentor's name, but he just hands out upgrades and powers willy-nilly, just like on a whim, just no reason. There's no earning. There's no learning. There's nothing. Um, and then also it's just, especially when you get to Super, Super Mega Force, which is it just sounds like the most friggin' kitty name. Um, it's like super mega rangers. That's a super mega win. Um, never give up and just all these platitudes, but the rangers never earn anything. They never learn anything. It's just, again, it's a kid's show, but earlier in the kid's show, they had stuff where there were stakes. The rangers would lose. Uh, the high point for me out of mega force is the clip show Christmas episode. Uh, a Robo Night Before Christmas. Because <laughs> a Robo Night is awesome, just really weird. Um, and it's a clip show, so you get you don't have to deal with all the, the bad parts of Mega Force. You just get highlights of it. Uh, Robo Night rapping with a kid. <laughs> so good. Um, and then in Super Mega Force, it's adapting. It's the first one where Mega Force takes place. I just I can't remember the name of the Sentai, so they have different costumes and there's a Black Ranger, uh, but then because of the the rules at the time you could not skip a Sentai season you had to go to the very next one, so they were doing that, um, and the following Sentai season was the anniversary one in Sentai, um, and that's where they were getting the footage from and they were building up to it and then you get. Super Mega Force, where the Rangers get new powers. It's very pirate themed, so it's cool. the The suits look cool, but they also don't explain it. In fact, at one point, the character who plays the Black Ranger is like, "Wait, why am I green now?" And then the mentor is like, "There's a simple explanation for that," and then never explains anything. It's Mega Force sucks. <laughs> uh, you you also get laziness, quite frankly, because as it's an anniversary season. They're getting keys to morph into previous Rangers and previous teams. And at points, what they do is when they morph into... When they're adapting the Sentai footage, but they're like, Oh, we haven't used that footage. They'll digitally insert new footage with teams that we've seen. And then you get footage with the Die Ranger outfits. Which in Power Rangers continuity has never happened. What? What? It makes no sense! Um, it's really just laziness, because if they had established the pattern where it's like, okay, we're also using costume, Like they said with RPM, when they more, it's like, we're using powers that haven't been seen on this world. They included that line to specifically use RPM. If you include, like how easy would it have been to be like, you have access to powers to ranger teams that had failed, that had died, or something. Like, 
There's your catch-all explanation. Then you can include freaking Jetman, you can include Die Ranger, you include all the stuff that was from before. They didn't. They did. Ugh. Um, like, I like the Die Ranger costumes. I'd friggin' love to see the Die Ranger costumes show up in more. But it's just laziness because when you deliberately do stuff in certain situations where it's like, oh, they didn't have that, so let's put in stuff they did have, but then you don't, you, no, they're, no. <laughs> um, yeah, Mega Force sucks. The legendary battle at the end sucks. Uh, it is the big anniversary and it's terrible. Uh, they include past rangers, just cameos for no real reason. Um, like, it's this huge armada, but then the rangers... You don't feel any sense of scope or threat. They've done invasion angles and power rangers before, but it's worked. Because the rangers lose the megazords. The rangers l gradually lose their powers. They're having to barricade themselves in. They're having to do Hail Mary things. It's earned. The tension is created. And this... You're going through the motions at points of like, well, we got to do our Hail Mary now, where it's like, what? At one point, they're destroying stuff and like, hey, we just destroyed a thousand of the Armada ships. Like, willy-nilly, nothing. There's no tension. Friggin', again, I get it. It's a kid's show, but then kids, as kids, enjoyed the Turbo finale where stuff was destroyed. They enjoyed the In Space finale where the numbers were too great. Kids aren't always stupid <laughs> don't just have to do this um mega force sucks <laughs> it just sucks oh i'm just i'm just i'm just ranting it's it's terrible uh i really wanted to enjoy that legendary battle because the 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 anniversary episodes when you get forever red and it's awesome or you get the to the power of 10 crossover episodes those are apexes where it's still accessible to kids, but you're, there's it's well done. You can do kids stuff that's well done. This is not. This isn't even spoon, fe spoon feeding. This is just lazy garbage. <laughs> Apparently, Mega Force is a trigger for me. Um, yeah, it's just it's it's got the crossovers, and it also doesn't make. Like, they take no time to explain. At one point, you see footage of Tommy where it flashes. He's got the white powers. But then at the end in the main battle, he shows up with the Green Ranger powers. But the White Ranger is also there. Earlier in the season, friggin' Robo Knight sacrifices himself and is dead. And then there's a shot of Robo Knight saying, like, Good to see you again, my friend. To the Red Ranger. No explanation. Zero. Zip. Zilch. In the Sentai they adapted it from, I can't remember. I can't remember the name, so I apologize. But it was basically the spirits of these rangers coming back somehow in physical form. They explained it. It made sense. It worked. Here it doesn't. <sighs> it's bad. So then Dino Charge, <laughs> which is mo. It, it's. I haven't seen all of it. The stuff I've seen, it's great. It is a direct response to Samurai and especially Megaforce. Where it goes off the rails is the finale. But something answers it in the next season. So as we're in the Saban, the Neo-Saban era, 
the difficulty is each team is now getting two seasons. There's the first team, and then there's the second. Se- there's the first season, and then there's the second season, which is super. So you got Dino Charge, and then you got Super Dino Charge. Get Ninja Steel, which I've watched a couple episodes. Not my favorite, but there is some well-developed stuff. Again, same thing with Dino Charge. Uh, and then you get Super Ninja Steel, which has the 20, I think, 5th anniversary episode, uh, Dimensions in Time, which riffs off of, um, takes some loose inspiration from the outstanding Power Rangers Boom Studios comic. Um, but it also does really good thing, because the thing is, Dino Charge ends where they've gone back in time, and then they go back to the present, but dinosaurs are a thing. Dinosaurs are in the zoo. And at the end, everybody's like, what? Not the characters. The viewers are like, what? So the Ninja Storm, uh, sorry, not the Ninja Storm, the Ninja Steel crossover, um, Dimensions in Time, should have been a two-parter. It was a one. Um, Does a couple things right. It confer it has a Koda or Koba, I can't remember the character's name, who was a cave person, lived, uh, somehow lived throughout time and became the Blue Ranger. He comes back and confirms that he is from uh, that ending to uh, friggin' Dino Charge made a alternate dimension, an alternate timeline. So that's good because then you're like, well, what the hell? It, like it actually it answers a question it answers a criticism uh it involves gem um the from rpm which further establishes that rpm is in its own timeline the villain draven i think um in the in this episode is doing stuff that threatens all dimensions uh and will shatter the morphing grid or something and bad stuff across the dimensions. Blah, blah, blah. And it, it, it ends up becoming a Tommy Oliver-a-thon again, which is a downfall. But it also introduces the Master Morpher, which is really cool. And then you get a cameo from friggin' the Falcon's Word of all things, which is, again, awesome. And then Tommy has a... Uh, Draven is uh, creating clones or a mechanical, ra- uh, mechanical ranger army with characters from across the spectrum of... Uh, uh, across the history of Power Rangers, but you get the returns of characters who you haven't seen since they left. Catherine Sutherland is back. Uh, Rocky comes back. Uh, Steve Cardenas. It's the first time he's been back since he left at the end of Zio. Um, it's the first time Catherine Sutherland's been back since she left at the end of uh, Turbo. Sorry. Um, Selwyn Ward, who played TJ Johnson. There we go. Uh, it was the first appearance of Selden Ward. Uh, Selwyn Ward since uh, to the power of 10 or to the 10th power or whatever the crossover episode with uh, no no actually he showed up in um, in a, again a blink and you'll miss a cameo in the legendary battle but before that he hadn't been in since the crossover episode with Lost Galaxy and in space so it was the return of a lot of these actors unfortunately they had next to nothing to do which is a sticking point for me because I'm like ah don't just if you're going to bring him back, have it service the character. I digress. Um, so then you got Ninja Steel, which was the finale of the Neo Saban era. Dino Charge and Ninja Steel are much more enjoyed by the fan base. They are definitely better, but 
Samurai and especially Mega Force are like really bad back to back seasons. Mega Force is amongst the worst seasons of Power Rangers. That's why to me the Neo Saban era is really downhill. Now we're in the Hasbro era because Hasbro acquired Power Rangers. And this is the one that has me the most excited as a Power Rangers fan. Um, because you're, uh, they're adapting a season that they really skipped over uh, for Beast Morphers. It has a really distinct look. The shooting of it is excellent. Uh, Hasbro is treating the actors and everybody great, where everybody's getting paid really well. Um, and then also, they're designing the toys, and the toys in the Lightning Collection look amazing. So it's 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 really, really friggin' solid. Um I'm looking forward to see where they're going. They're still doing the two-season thing, and I'm way behind on Beast Morphers. But what I've seen so far is, again, one where it's like the choreography and everything is like, man, I really wish they would throw the adult fans a bone and make, again, a more adult-oriented Power Rangers uh, season. But I get why they haven't yet. Um, but I'm really excited for the future. So, dear listener, uh, if you made it through my ramblings... And my circlings, I I appreciate it. To the person who requested this, uh, my buddy, I really hope you enjoyed this. Uh, I will be doing more deep dives, uh, but if there is something that I, especially that I've talked about before, that you would like me to do a deep dive into, please let me know because I, I enjoy doing these. Um, some of the other ones I'm thinking of doing are Avatar: The Last Airbender, Pokemon, uh, Godzilla, because there's so much to do with Godzilla. But I know I've talked about Godzilla a lot um the outstanding DC animated universe of cartoons and uh the Marvel's uh, Marvel's 1990 cartoon shared universe um I'd be happy to do deep dives into those so let me know in the comments what did you think of today's episode what do you think of this new series and what would you like me to do a deep dive on also let me know um What's your favorite Power Rangers season? What would you like to see out of this show? Um, let me know in the comments. I love talking about this. All that being said, hope you enjoyed today's episode. Thank you for listening and supporting One Cross Radio. Love and praying for you, you people. You're all wonderful. Thank you so much. Um, God is great. Have a wonderful day. And God bless, my friends. Take care. Peace. Five, four, three, two. One Rangers in space, controls for outer space now, flying higher than ever before. Rangers in space, go Power Rangers, go Power Rangers, go Power Rangers, go 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 fly, go Power Rangers, go Power Rangers, ah, uh, in space.